friend, welcome to Brilliant Business Moms, a podcast all about helping brilliant women just like you to build a business on the side while spending time with their families. I'm your host, Beth Ann Schwamberger, and we're going to have a great time together. Let's get started. So today on the show, I'm so excited to welcome Stacy Tushel. She started her now seven-figure business when she was just 18 years old in her mom's backyard, and she has built that into, again, a seven-figure business. She's got over 40 employees, and Stacy's been able to spend just an hour a week on that business, which has allowed her to dedicate her time to something she's really passionate about, which is helping other women and moms to take their businesses to the next level. So Stacy has a podcast called She's Building Her Empire, and you can find out more about her at stacytushel.com. Welcome to the show, Stacy. Hi, Beth Ann. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Awesome. So, Stacy, I am so impressed. You've built, I believe, a, a dance studio type of business to seven figures, started in your mom's backyard. Crazy. <laughs> so I would love to just hear more about how you got started with that first business and how you grew it. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, definitely a different story, different situation. For me, I grew up in, well, in high school, I should say, I was really big into dance and on our dance team, was not really ready to end dancing at 18, but I knew I wasn't going to be a professional dancer. It wasn't going to be something that I made a career out of. So while I was going to college to get a degree, I started teaching that summer dance classes in my parents' backyard completely for free, just for fun. Really, I don't want to say that sound, make this sound horrible, but it was more for me than it was for the kids. Like I selfishly wanted to keep dancing. Right. So I'm like, what can I do? And then I fell in love with it. And I thought like, it was so cool to be able to bring that to the kids and give them that experience. So it was really incredible. Three years later, still doing it. I have a hundred kids in the backyard and basically I decided, okay, I'm about to graduate from school. What am I going to do? I had no idea. I, I was had no specific passion on what type of job I wanted to get, but I always loved being a leader and being a teacher. And for me, it was kind of a no-brainer that I needed to start my own business. So I incorporated at 21 and now the business, I mean, that the, the backyard story was, it's already almost 15 years old this upcoming summer. And yeah, it has grown to a seven figure business. And what's crazy is never did I intend for this to be a business. Never did I intend for this to be a crazy successful business bringing in that kind of income. But we've always been very good about over delivering and really just giving to the community, to the kids. And because of that, we can't help but have all of these kids coming to us every year. We just keep getting bigger and bigger. So it's pretty incredible what we've created. And I say we because I have a pretty large team now and it's just been such a cool thing to watch grow into this crazy seven-figure business. I know that is crazy, Stacy. So tell me a little bit more about, you know, that transition from you're in your parents' backyard, but then yeah. eventually you've got to buy property so yes. you can have a dance studio. And then, of course, then hiring employees. Talk to me about, I guess... What does that even look like? Yeah. I, I would be scared out of my mind I to know. like have to go buy a commercial space and do that. 
Yeah. So for me, in the beginning, when I was doing it for free, because I wasn't bringing in income, it didn't feel like it had to be this crazy professional thing, right? Like nobody was expecting anything to upscale, right? And they weren't expecting this amazing building because I wasn't charging anything. It was just completely free. But when I decided to start bringing in income, I had to go, okay, now they're expecting something. You know, they want to see a nice building and they want to see other teachers coming on board. So the first thing I did with the income that I had coming in was rent a commercial building. So I definitely did not go out and buy something. I think that is a really, really risky move because when you have a building and all of a sudden the business goes under and you can't rent that space, you're going to lose more than just the business. So Mm. it's definitely something to be looking at and thinking about. So I ended up renting a small space for the year and it was really just on a year to year basis. And then three years in, When we finally really could see that, okay, this is successful. We're bringing in an income. We can, we're profitable. This is working. We then went out and built a commercial building that is almost 9,000 square feet. So a really large building, but we also wanted to make sure we weren't going anywhere. We were going to grow into the space and max it out. Right. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. So there were definitely some baby steps. Yes. (laughs) And even with our second location. So I think my second location was, oh, I'm trying to even think. I think we were at least 10 years old with the second location. And with that, I did not go into the second location and build a building. I still knew that a second location is just as risky as a first. And you have no idea when you change cities, how people are going to perceive you and all of that. So I still rented a, a space. I couldn't, though, just get it by with a year lease anymore. Things were very different. Now, I I had a three-year lease, which is actually pretty small in the commercial space. So I had a three-year lease with the intention of, if this goes well, I'm going to build another building. And it's so funny because right away, we knew year one, this is going to work. And not only that, but I actually think the second location is going to get bigger than the first location. It's already about half the size, and it's only four years old. And I think it's going to surpass the other one fairly quickly quickly. But this time around, we couldn't find land. And I really was nervous of, am I going to find something that's going to work for us? So it's something a little different. We found a foreclosed building that the land was worth almost more than the foreclosed building alone. And we did, we bought it, gutted it, completely gutted it down to like the block. I mean, we ripped up the floor, took out the windows, the doors, the roof. I mean, completely gutted the building, put a million dollar renovation into it. And now we have our second commercial building. And that one's about 7,200 square feet. We also have a tenant that rents from us, a nail salon, which is pretty cool. They signed a 10-year lease just to show you how commercial buildings are a little different these days. And we're also going to have a second phase to this building where we can add on and add an additional tenant space as well. Wow. Yeah. Okay. This is amazing. (laughs) All right. So Stacey, I know you mentioned that, you know, one of the ways your, this original business has grown is word of mouth because your customers are so happy and you blow them away with the experience that you give them at your studio. Are there any other main ways that you've marketed and grown that dance studio business? Yeah. So absolutely. Word of mouth is incredible. And if you, I think we're always looking at like, how do we get out in front of everybody? How do we do this? But when you already have an existing audience, even if it's just a couple, my first year I had 17, we grew from 17 to a hundred in three years. And it's because I did zero marketing. I did not pay a dollar for marketing. And it's because when you deliver to your current clients, they can't help but talk about you to their friends. So that's why we grew. Now, yes, now I have the money to invest into marketing. 
thing. But I still, my number one way people hear about me is word of mouth. So just to show you how powerful that can be. But we do things like Facebook ads, even just for our local businesses. A lot of times people think, well, online is for online businesses. But no, I mean, we're doing Facebook ads to our local community. We do some paid partnerships in the area where we pair up, uh, partner up with some local communities and local businesses. So there's a lot of marketing that we spend basically back on our end with our people. So we do three local community events completely for free. We do this trunk or treat event where we have, we had like 450 kids show up where they came and like trick-or-treated on our property. It was really amazing, completely free to the community. So that is marketing that for me, it's marketing, right? I'm paying for the community to come on my property and check us out. And it's also a really cool way for them. Their first impression and first experience is that we're giving before they ever pay a dollar to us. I love that. Love that approach of giving first. And, you know, hey, that's how you built this entire business. If you were <laughs> giving away classes for free. That's really neat. So, Stacy, talk to me about, you know, I know that uh, since you've grown this business, you're now able to be pretty hands-off while you focus more on what your current pr- passion project is. Talk to me about that process. I mean, I'm thinking right now, my business is a couple years old, and yes, every year I'm able to build out the team a little more and work a little bit less, but an hour a week, I mean, that <laughs> that's right. pretty incredible. So that was not something I had intended on either. I just, I started going to live events, seminars, you know, reading books, podcasts, all of that. And everybody's telling you, you've got to, you've got to build a team. You've got to be a really great delegator. So I started to do that and to listen. And it did not come naturally to me at first, but you get better as you go through it, right? I mean, I'm almost doing this now 15 years, so I'm getting pretty good at it. And all of a sudden I look and I'm going, wow, they really don't need me. Like I'm delegating to people, putting them in positions. They're doing phenomenal. But I started to take off less and less off my plate without even really realizing I was losing my place in my business. So for me, my passion is just business in general. I love like, and it sounds so boring to people, but I love just working on my computer and getting new things done and having that challenge. That's exciting to me. And as soon as I realized that I had built this crazy, incredible team that was doing really well and they didn't need me, I started to go, well, now what do I do? So I did come into the online space teaching other female entrepreneurs how to do this because it really was just a passion of mine. I love what I'm doing. I have no interest in selling my business. People always say that to me. They assume that I'm going to sell the dance studios. Like, why do I need them anymore? But for me, first of all, I still love what we're doing for our community. I love what we're doing for the kids. I think it's incredible how we've built up a team of 40 and I love working with them that to me, I don't have no interest in selling when it's a very fun experience for me. And it's, it is really self-run. I mean, I have built systems in place over the last 15 years to make it be self-run. Yes, there were times where I was working crazy amount of hours per week, but every year you kind of start to take less and less off your plate. So I always say to people, I hired one employee at a time, right? You don't go from zero to 40, one person at a time. And as you bring in more money, you can invest back into your team. And that's exactly what I did. I love that. So again, it was that gradual process. And here you are now with a a team of 40 awesome people. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, with my online business, I've only been doing that a couple years. So I'm starting from scratch again. You know, I I knew that coming into this, I needed to have at least one person on my team to be able to delegate some things to. And now the larger we're getting and the more money we bring in, the more I can add on another person. So we're slowly growing that team as well. 
Hmm, okay, fabulous. So, uh, Stacy, I know you have a book called "Is Your Business Worth a Saving," and I would love to hear some advice from you on you know because I feel like a lot of mompreneurs are in that tough situation where maybe their business isn't as profitable as they were hoping it would be, or they're just drowning in work. It's maybe they've lost the the spark for that business. What would you say to those moms? How would you help them to figure out whether they should save that business or not? Yeah. And it's it's funny too, because people always ask me, how did you come up with that name? That's such a weird title to ask somebody. And I'm telling you as an entrepreneur, I have asked myself that question several times because in the startup stages, you are questioning, what am I doing? Is this worth it? Can it really be a business? Will I make money? I mean, those are all things that every entrepreneur says to themselves in the startup stages. And I wanted to reach out to those people who were asking themselves that question and helping them make that be a yes. And you just need the strategies and the right tips and tools to get, to get it in the right direction. So that's what the whole book was about specifically. But for me, what I'll tell you is I wrote that book for somebody who wants to answer yes, because sometimes we actually want to give up and we don't want the answer to be yes. We really don't have a passion for it. So my biggest question I ask people is, did you ever have a passion for it? Because sometimes business takes over and we start doing things that we don't really love to do. But if there was a point where you did love doing a a certain aspect of your business, and I'll take my dance studio, for instance, I fortunately love the business side of, of everything. But let's say I didn't and I love dancing, but I didn't love the business side. I might give up when really I can get back to teaching dance and hiring people to help run the studio. So I question that for you. Are you doing something that you love to do? And can we outsource the other parts of that? I love that. I mean, that's incredible advice. I know for me over the past year in particular, outsourcing all of those tasks that I really don't like to do in my business. I mean, yeah. it's, it makes a huge difference. It's you know, you're so much more excited to get to work every day when you know you've got someone else behind the scenes who, and the cool thing is that other person probably loves doing those tasks. Absolutely. Well, and I think too, you have to understand, you might, I'm sure people already said out loud, but I don't have the money. It must be nice. Like I don't have the money to pay for that person to outsource. And I want to tell you this, it is a temporary situation. Understand that this is not permanent. You might have to do everything right now, but it's temporary. And keep telling yourself that. Keep making a list of things you would love to outsource when the time comes. But yeah, right now you might have to work your butt off as a solopreneur to get there. But you will get there if you keep pushing. Hmm. Great advice. So Stacy, I know we've talked a lot about your success and you're doing awesome things in business, but I was wondering if you've had, uh, well, I'm sure you've had a low point in your business, but I was wondering if you had one that you could share and how you push past maybe a struggle in your business. Yeah, absolutely. So first understand that when somebody has had success or you're looking at somebody that has a level of success that you want to achieve, they have absolutely had a ton of failures. I mean, that is why this is a common question because people want to know, well, what does that low point look like? How did you get through that? So there are so many examples that I could seriously share with you, which sounds horrible. But of course, you know, when, when, when you're an entrepreneur, you're taking risks and when you take risks, they're not all going to work out. So there will absolutely be mistakes. Mistakes along the way. And I think another thing, and, and this could be something I can share too, is 
when my personality is I like to move very quickly. I get things done like in like rapid record speed. Typically somebody will say, okay, well, we're going to do this project. It's about a two week project. I can get it done that day because I am just so focused on what I'm doing. So with that, there comes mistakes, right? I mean, things happen when you move fast. So there's pros and cons to everything. For me, I would say one of my biggest, biggest failures would be that I didn't realize I was in my comfort zone and that you might be thinking, well, how is that a mistake? The mistake for, for me is, you know, if I told you your business could hit a million dollars in year 10, right? But you hit it in year 15. To you, that might feel like a mistake, like, wow, it took me five years longer than I should have, right? So whatever that is, and I'm just using kind of fake numbers to kind of give you an example. So for me, I didn't realize I was comfortable and I didn't understand the concept of stretching myself or getting out of my comfort zone because that's when really amazing things happen and when you get into a whole new league, right? So for me, I would say that was one of my biggest things because I was going to the same conferences, meeting the same friends. I really wasn't stretching myself. I was just, like I said, sitting comfortably. And when you're comfortable, you're not growing. And that's a really, really big thing to think about. So the only reason I started an online business was because I stretched myself. I went to a live event that was insanely expensive. Like it was hard for me to pay for it. I couldn't believe I was spending that much money, but it got me in a room full of people that I normally would not have been in a room with. And it got me in front of an audience that I needed to really kind of break through some boundaries and some mindset issues and realize that I could be serving on a whole new level. So that was a mistake for me because I should have done that a long, long time ago. Hmm. Okay. And you know, in the business world, no matter what someone's business focus is or their the niche they're in, I mean, the minute you stop growing and learning and changing, it's like, it's not like things just stay the same. I mean, to be honest, you can get left behind yes. if you're not yeah, if you're not growing and, and innovating and, and things like that. So Stacy, I know that you have a podcast called mm-hmm. She's Building Her Empire. Now I'm curious because I get this question from people all the time who want to know, you know, should I start a blog or should I start a podcast or, you know, which comes first or which will help me grow more? I would love to hear from you your experience with starting a podcast. Did you find that the the podcast itself really helped to grow your audience or was it more that that podcast helped you to serve your current audience better? I would say both, honestly. I do want to say though that I really believe that podcasting, blogging, Facebook Live, all of that stuff can be a very slow start and it's really discouraging. I think we think we're going to get this platform and we're just going to blow up with a thousand listeners every single week. And that typically doesn't happen. So a podcast, and I'm not sure if your audience is aware of this, but I think it's more than 50% of podcasts on iTunes have less than 176 listeners per episode, which is crazy low when you think about it. Uh, Now, it's crazy low, but at the same time, picture yourself in a room every week with 176 people. I would sign up all day long every time, right? So it's just this... It's, it's definitely a different vibe when you realize that, but I think people think there's going to be thousands of people and my brand is going to explode. For me, it's one of those things where it's a marathon and it's not something that you're going to just put out there and blow up. You will get bigger and bigger gradually, but it does take time. So I'm a big fan of repurposing because I like to do everything, but I don't have time for everything. So a lot of times it'll start with a Facebook live. So I've actually recorded podcasts live while I'm doing a Facebook Live, if that makes sense. 
So now my audience gets to watch me on Facebook Live, but I can take the audio because I'm recording on my microphone and turn it into a podcast. I also have been doing my podcasts through Zoom where we do videos and I will put that on YouTube and then I'll strip the audio for podcasts. So I'm trying to go, how do I get in all these places without having to actually be in every single place? So it's a really great way to repurpose and to do all of that because I believe that you know, your audience, there's a, there's a few people on Pinterest. There's some on Instagram. There's some on Facebook. There's some on YouTube. And it gets overwhelming when you realize that. So it's great to be able to use that content and put it everywhere. So we take our podcasts and we put a social media graphic on it and we put it on Pinterest. We put it on Facebook, right? So we're trying to use it everywhere and get as much footage out of it as possible. That is such a great idea, Stacey. Um, I, when you said you're doing it on Zoom, and so then, okay, you've got the video right there. And then talk to me about the setup for doing Facebook Live yeah. while <laughs> you're recording the podcast. I need to hear more about this. Yeah. So now here's the thing when you mix platforms, you have to understand that your podcast listeners might not enjoy you constantly communicating with the people on Facebook, right? So there's times where I will actually like, I'll put in the comments, recording this podcast, Q and A at the end, stick around. So they're listening to me, but I'm not engaging with them, but they know if they stick around to the end of it, they can ask me questions. So that's a great way to get good footage out of both of them without kind of turning off that audience specifically. Now, there are times where I can read a comment on Facebook Live and it just works really well. And I'll even mention the podcast that I'm actually recording it on Facebook Live. When I, when I mention that on these um, platforms, it's great because my podcast listener might be going, wow, I had no idea she does Facebook Live. So now they're going to come over to Facebook and try to find me. So you'll kind of get some subscribers to do multiple platforms. Gotcha. Yeah, that's really smart. So do you just essentially like mount your phone with the Facebook Live session and it's just, is it set up to be like looking at your computer screen where Zoom is going on? No. So it's set up, to, it's kind of a different angle where it's set up to kind of be behind the scenes. Like they can see the microphone, they can see everything, they can actually, and they're, and they're always like, this is so cool. I love watching you do this way more than just me talking to my phone like I'm on Facebook Live. So they like to see what the mic looks like and how I have it set up. And, and then do I have notes? Am I reading it? Am I, you know, just impromptu talking? So I think people love the behind the scenes anytime you can share that information with them. Very cool. Okay, so now I'm 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 definitely going to go check out your Facebook lives. So yeah, definitely. <laughs> see this in action. Yeah, and I feel like it's one of those things where when you're feeling overwhelmed because of social media, ask yourself, can you repurpose any of this stuff? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. you can we do show notes for our podcast, which is very typical. So we can take from our show notes like a sentence or something that we had written and again, put it towards a social media graphic that links to the podcast or YouTube or any of that stuff. So it's really simple to get traffic there. Oh, fabulous. Well, Stacy, I have learned so much by talking to you. I mean, there are things I need to go change and streamline in my business after hearing from you for sure. And I know my audience is, will be so excited to hear from you. As we wrap up, we love to ask all of our mamapreneurs who come on the show this question. Do you have either a funny or an adorable mom moment that you can share? Yeah, just recently. Well, first of all, I try not to work in front of my kids. Like I try to work. They go to daycare. I work. When they come home, I really need to be in mom mode and be with them. 
So, you know, sometimes there's seasons though. You're in these crazy launch modes and you have to figure out how you're going to do it. So that was me. And I, I was working on my computer. My, my little one was just watching me. She's almost four and my husband was there. So I didn't feel completely guilty because he was playing with her. And she looked at me and I said to her, is it okay if mom works or, or do you want me to play with you? And she, in the sweetest little voice said, no, mom, it's okay if you keep working. Like, I'll just keep playing over here. And I, it like, I was so like blown away that she said that. I'm like, wow. And then what's hilarious is a week later, my mom says to me, are you sure you're not working too much? Because Tanner, my daughter, told me that you've been working on her com- on your computer instead of playing with her. And I'm like, oh my goodness, this is crazy. She's like telling on me. I'm like, it was one time she was with her dad playing. It wasn't a big deal. So it's just kind of cute how, first of all, you have to really watch what you say and how they perceive it because now I put it in her head that I'm not playing with her. But it's just so funny how they're watching and they're listening and, and, and then they're sharing too. Oh yeah, I... I have to say, my son Holden, he throws my husband Chris under the bus all the time. <laughs> like if they'll, they'll go do something fun together or, oh, maybe he got a special treat or something. And Chris will just jokingly say, like, don't tell mom or yes. you know, something like that. Of course, the minute he comes through that door, that's the first thing that he's going to talk about. So cute. Oh, kids. Well, Stacy, thank you again for chatting with me today. And can you just remind everyone one more time, where's the best place they can find you online? Yeah. So right now you can go to she'sbuildingherempire.com. Otherwise, she'sbuildingherempire.club will take you right into our Facebook group. We have over a thousand female entrepreneurs in there right now. The group is so amazing and so engaging. So it's a great place to find supportive female entrepreneurs. Awesome. Thank you so much, Stacy. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me here, Bethann. That was such a fun interview with Stacy Tushel. You know, even though Stacy has come a long way in her business, I love how she got there one step at a time, just like all of us do. Stacy didn't know how to run or own this huge dance studio when she first got started, but again, she just took things one student at a time, one customer at a time, one step at a time. And now, many years later, she has this enormous business where parts of her business are kind of running themselves, which is pretty fabulous. So if you're feeling discouraged, just remember, it's always one step at a time for all of us. Now, Stacy's got a live event coming up in April that I wanted to make sure you knew about. It's called She's Building Her Empire, and it's a live two-day conference. It's happening in Milwaukee, Wisconsin on April 26th through the 27th. Now, Stacy will, of course, be running this event, and so you'll get to hear a lot from her, but she also has some other great speakers. Like, I know many of you are familiar with Dana Malstaff from Boss Mom. She'll be speaking there. And the content for this conference looks really fabulous. Stacy's got it organized into all of these different pillars, as she calls them. So pillar one is your vision unbound. So, you know, just creating that business plan for yourself. Pillar two, millionaire mindset. So I know this is something that a lot of us women struggle with is, you know, charging what we're worth and getting rid of kind of those barriers when it comes to income and sales that hold us back. Pillar three is all about your ideal clients. Pillar four is your six-figure business plan. And pillar five is how to be branded with Natalie Sorensen. So that's all happening on the first day of the conference. 
And then on day two, Stacy's going to take you behind the scenes of how she structures her day. So, you know, just time management strategies, work-life balance, intentional living. Pillar seven, she talks all about crafting your signature offer. I got to say that that one sounds really enticing to me. Pillar eight is sales made easy. Pillar nine is called she's the leader. So it's how to start influencing others online, how to build a team. And then pillar 10, of course, and I love this, and I feel like Stacy is definitely brilliant when it comes to this. It's systems, processes, and tools you can't live without. So, you know, as you scale your business, you have to come up with systems. You have to enlist the help of certain tools to really scale and grow and keep things running without, you know, going crazy every day and wanting to pull your hair out. So if you're interested in attending the She's Building Her Empire conference, just head to brilliantbusinessmoms.com forward slash building her empire. Again, that's brilliantbusinessmoms.com forward slash building her empire. I think it's going to be a really valuable event. Thanks for listening, friend. I hope you have a fabulous day. And of course, now it's your turn to head out there and be brilliant. Brilliant.